That's fantastic. I mean, I, I guess I don't really know. I have I have really no context for this guy since maybe the 90s. So I don't know really what he's been up to. But I do see here a barbecue sauce like you were talking about. And I would like to, to try this barbecue sauce, especially from since uh, since uh, old JR here is from California. Did you know that? Hey, well, uh, no. Where did that accent come from? I is don't it? Know, man. Did he, is he from Southern California? The deep yeah, that's Southern probably California. That's probably it. He probably inherited it once he got that uh, his hat. Wherever oh, he yeah. went, and they were like, "Here's your cowboy." He's like, "Oh, thank you very much, bruh. This is great." <laughs> he puts a totally tubular. Yeah, so you know, I'm gonna become an announcer for wrestling. It's gonna be great. Thanks for this uh, awesome hat. Let me just put it on. Yeah! <laughs> my God! My, my God! <laughs> my voice! What has happened to it? He's uh... he's tougher than a two dollar steak. <laughs> Where are these sayings coming from? That's classic California <laughs> saying that we say that our all the time. Former my former home. Speaking from my former home, I just like can't. You can't speak two words without someone dropping that into a sentence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anywhere, <laughs> even at the DMV. Yeah, oh, getting through yeah. this. It's tougher than a two dollar steak. <laughs> oh God! Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip hop from the roots. Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no live. I ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop Saga. Hello, mates. Welcome to another episode of Bob Saga. And you lot are in luck. Today, we're talking about the first episode of Marvel's Moon Knight. That's right. Marvel TV shows are back with the, possibly the most obscure MCU character to date. With so- a hero that some might call Marvel's Batman. But them blokes probably ain't read the books. Did they? I'm Forrest, and I'm what you might call a podcast hooligan. And I'm joined as always by the mad lad who keeps bangers and mashing his bum back. John, go blimey, are you ready to head down to Piccadilly's for a pint? It's time to start the show, isn't it? Yes, yes, it's time to start the show. I, I was, I've been looking forward to this, you know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, talk, uh, talk oh, about this. Uh, we have a, we're having a party talking about Moon Knight. Oh, yeah, right. He's a, he's a knight of the moon, I think, or something like that. Or maybe oh, a but... toilet, you know, Louvre paper. I don't know, remember what they call toilet paper, <laughs> TV. I forget it. Oh, no, my voice is changing. It's breaking. The illusion is going away. Oh, oh no. It was so convincing to start off with. Yeah. And then I was like, where am I again? Did I go to German real quick? Yeah, might as well. Yeah. No, I don't have. Uh, nope. I tried. 
That was there. That was it. That was, that was that was Dracula. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about Moon Knight. Yep, that's a good Dracula. Thank you all. <laughs> I want to talk about the children of the Moon Knight. Yes, you know. Did that work? No. <laughs> he has none. Well, good for him. <laughs> oh, it's a oh. lot. Whose children did I uh, kill? <laughs> no, wait, wait. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm Morbius. Yeah. I just got a little peckish. <laughs> he doesn't drink. He doesn't drink blood, blood. That Morbius. He drinks fake blood. Now. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the movie, I think I'm talking about Jared Leto's Morbius, the number one of the box office this last weekend. I mean, to be fair, there wasn't really anything else out, so someone was just <laughs> yeah. like, you know what, I really like Thirty Seconds to Mars. You know what else I also like? Vampires. There's no way this is gonna go wrong. Wrong. Yeah. Wrong, I mean. Wrong. <laughs> And then you're running out of the theater. What's even happening? Why uh, is Doctor yeah. Who in this? Yeah, this is the worst episode of Doctor Who I've seen yet. That was and a I real... watched all the <laughs> Moffat run. <laughs> How dare you? Um... Yeah, I'm kidding. I actually didn't. I was like, oh, you're doing it now? I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know... Uh, Morbius. Uh, what can you say that hasn't already been said? They, I mean, they did a real bait and switch on the old trailer, didn't they? They they made it look like there was going to be a Spider-Man reference and stuff, and then they're like, nah. We'll <laughs> save that. We'll clunkily put that in at the end. When, I mean, spoiler alert. I okay, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, well, I wasn't going to watch it. So, uh, I mean, it's in the trailers, but Adrian Toomes is in it, and is, so is the CG vulture costume that he somehow took with him to another universe. Or made at that universe? I guess that's also the. I guess they also had a Chitari invasion over there that they just don't talk about. Or and, I don't uh, know. <laughs> and, uh, Maybe just a Radio Shack. They're like, let's get Spider Man. And at, at which point, Jared Leto's Morbius should have been like, who? Oh, now I'm there's listening. a Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, thanks. It's me, Jerry Leto. Yeah. I mean, Morbius. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, knowing how he does things, they're one of the same. Hey, you know, he's a real method actor, and uh, I don't know. Yeah. You know, that's all I have to say about that. Emphasis on the meth. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, shots fired, shots fired. It's because I already started drinking early. Um, <laughs> I had it. It matched your accent because I have a Boddington's. Oh, blimey! Is it root? Is it cellar temp? Not drinking it cold like those damn Yankees. Of course, <laughs> no. It's 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 as warm as a minced meat pie. It is. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do that to anybody. I wouldn't drink a beer that's really meant to be drunk ice cold and refreshing. <laughs> no, <laughs> warm all the way. Ooh, the oh, can's cold. The can's yeah. cold. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, well, uh, I am also enjoying uh, a hard beverage. I'm joining. I'm enjoying uh, ranch water. Um, ranch water's uh, Rio Red grapefruit hard seltzer. Uh, love those. That's probably you, know, you know what I'm just gonna go ahead and proclaim it. I think ranch water might be my favorite hard seltzer. All right, that's a bold claim. Is it? I don't feel like the competition is very stiff. Uh, let's not forget Trulies. Trulies are not good. Yes, please continue. They're truly delicious with flavors like berry, acai. Yeah, uh, whatever that is. <laughs> and strawberry. Um... I like the strawberry up. I'm a big fan. Yes. And then also, you know... You, there's no fun without the claw. You know what I mean? The claw, the claw, the claw. Well, of course, there are, as we all know, there are no laws when one is is consuming claws. Yeah. Uh, yep. I mean, the fact that it inspires such passion from uh, from you in particular gives it a couple points for sure. But these are weird sort of uh, aftertaste flavors that the, the, you, you could really taste the uh, the malt in a way that is not fun or good. I don't know, these cut waters are, are not cut waters. That's another thing altogether that is not. I mean, they might make hard seltzer, but. Uh, I would hope not. Cocktails in a can, mostly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I drink all their gin and tonics. Like, yeah, it's not. It, as far as cocktails in a can goes, not to get off topic, but cut waters are not bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Especially if you're like going to a parade or something. Oh, yeah. Like, like, no worry, officer. I'm having a refreshing soda. Wink. And it's Uh, like, sir, we weren't talking about your beverage. Why are you out here leading the marching band? (laughs) Where are your pants? (laughs) Cut water. (laughs) Cut water. Cut water margarita. When you want to black out and do something that might get you on TikTok. Yeah, when you want to time travel. But you don't have a DeLorean. Cut water. Uh, Pop Socket doesn't actually endorse drinking at parades. You yep. do that on your own regards. <laughs> Pop Socket is a perfectly uh, law-abiding podcast. Does not recommend uh, uh, that uh, drinking at parades or anything other else that might be illegal in your state. Check with your local laws and library. <laughs> I feel like we're just going to have to record those. So I could just keep them on all the buttons over here. So I could just fire off. Like, make sure we're not. Oh, yeah. Our podcast yeah. should start with uh, um, with just like uh, 15 minutes of disclaimers. <laughs> They're going to say some heinous shit. If you're a fan <laughs> of these particular artists, actors, or other people, you might be offended. And then it just <laughs> is 15 minutes of us. And then another thing. <laughs> Ernest goes to Africa. What is with that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> if you're Jeremy Renner, do not listen to this podcast. <laughs> may cause dizziness after standing. <laughs> um may cause unbridled rage. <laughs> <laughs> the following podcast is not fun predictable, I have to tell you. He's like, why? Why shouldn't I listen to it? It's fun predictable, I gotta tell. Yeah, and then he hears that, and he's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> Who's that terrible singer? What's going on? <laughs> Martha, where is Hawkeye on? 
Uh, he will be missed. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're, I, that's actually a great segue. Thanks, me. Uh, thanks. Yeah, congrats. Um, uh, because uh, it's that's another Marvel show, uh, Hawkeye. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Moon Knight. Yes, the Night Moon. That's oh. absolutely right. Moon Knight. So the first premiere or the first episode premiered. Uh, when you're listening to this, it will be a, a what is it exactly a week ago? Mm-hmm. This comes out on. So you'll. This is a, a little overview, little recap, our thoughts about season one, episode one of Moon Knight. Um. Uh. But yeah. We won't be covering episode two because it's not out because we didn't get screeners. But if you're listening, Disney Plus, we'll take them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and we love Jeremy Renner, so. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. It was, it was, uh, he is a national treasure. Yeah. Hey, I ran out. I ran out a whole movie theater. Or the Eternals. That's that's like ten screeners, as far as I'm concerned. That's absolutely right. And don't listen to our episode about the Eternals. Um, uh, but this is, uh, as I said, this is season one, episode one, the Goldfish Problem, which is the name of the episode. Yeah, and uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, uh, spoiler, spoilers. Oh, good. Thank you for doing that. I always forget. But yes, there will uh, spoilers will be here. There will be spoilers. Um, so deal with it. Putting on some glasses right now. You can't see it, but the meme that is already outdated is happening. Oh, I just thought you were just being a hard, just, you know, hard stance there. Just deal with it. <laughs> there will be spoilers. Uh, we're going to be talking about show that just came out that if you have the channel you could watch it more than likely if you're listening to this you have watched it already but if you have not and this is your first time listening to pop Side, go watch that first then come back to us mm-hmm. yeah and, I, I, I always say that it is sound advice yeah but you better promise to come back you better come back. i'll know <laughs> i'll know by the, the moons of conchu <laughs> i'll know that's not how that works, but sure, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I have only seen the first episode, so I don't know. Uh, it might. We never know. We never know. There's a lot of just things that are different in uh, this cause it compared to the comics. Uh, yeah, you could say some that. Some things are the same. Mm. Um, <clears throat> well, yeah, I guess <laughs> to a very, to perhaps a, a very minor degree. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, what did you think about this opening? Where we meet, uh, um, yeah, the actor's name is Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke's Arthur Harrow. For some reason, I have Arthur Harrow ready to go, but Ethan Hawke escapes me. But what do you think of this crazy intro? I like the ritual aspect of it—the sort of the measured motions and the him taking a shot of what looks like homemade bathtub grain alcohol. Yeah, that's the part I approve of. Uh, that is all. No, yep. I, I, th- no, I thought it was a a striking start to something that you know 
not really sure what you're going to be getting into. So, uh, you know, I thought it was good to kind of start with the villain in this case, or I'm just going to assume the villain. He's the villain. I didn't want to, you know, play beat around the bush here or uh, whatever. But, yeah, I thought it was pretty good intro. I uh, just would be like, dude, I can recommend shoes that are super uncomfortable so you don't have to do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, why did, he, why did he not just buy Tavas instead yeah. of... Uh... Instead of uh, filling his his very weird like uh, woven leather shoes with a glass and then walking on them, it's a. I have to say though, the ritual that he goes through where he takes the shot of booze and he smashes the glass and pours it in his shoes that were apparently made for walking on glass. Um, I like the fact that it introduces us to all the sort of uh, his accoutrement, his like his. The tools of his trade. We get the the double headed uh, alligator cane mm-hmm. or crocodile cane, I guess, because it would be. I think it would be crocodile, right? I'm gonna. Yes, it is a crocodile. Yeah, crocodile cane, and we got and it shows us the crocodile scales tattoo that will be you know a, a bigger deal later, and uh, and then Ethan Hawke's crazy hair. <laughs> introduced to that in silhouette yeah it's like looks like pandemic hair like that really just looked like <laughs> Ethan Hawke was just like yeah I'm ready and they're like this looks perfect did you do a lot of research research <laughs> it's yeah. like all right just get him to just get him to wardrobe yeah I can imagine Ethan Ethan Hawke being in the chair because uh, you know he's such an accomplished actor I can imagine him having a lot of ideas about how to play this character and him being in the makeup chair and just being like, hey, flat iron my hair. Yeah, flat iron. <laughs> All right, cool. And now I'm just going to run some gel just through the middle. <laughs> I look like yeah. young Doc Brown. <laughs> I mean, it's a choice. Uh, it, it took me, the first time I watched the teaser trailer, I did not realize that was Ethan Hawke. It's been a minute since we saw him. Yeah, I can't even remember the last thing I watched Ethan Hawke in, but nice to have him aboard the MCU train. Yeah, that's that's true, and I really like it. Was a interesting uh, introduction, even though we don't really get to see all that much except him walking away in shoes, and I'm sure sure hurt a lot. I kept watching below his feet for the pools of blood that I was sure would show up, but he seems fine. Um, he doesn't even really walk like he's walking on glass. Maybe it's just that's how to show it, just how tough he is. Or that used to it. I don't know. Like, I I was walking around, you know, a conference a couple weeks ago in very comfortable tennis shoes, and I felt like my feet were all just blown up and cut up and stuff. And here's this guy showing me up walking around with actual glass in his shoes. Yeah. And I was just Maybe. like, okay. Maybe it's the grain alcohol. Maybe that's like, maybe that bathtub gin is like uh, just causing him to black out. I mean, that stuff was even clearer than clear. Yep. Somehow the stuff inside of it was clearer than the glass that it was in. Now f- announcing forever clear. Um, <laughs> but then we get to introduced to um, Stephen Grant, and uh, if you couldn't guess. I was uh that's what I'm uh that's what I'm pastiching in my intro. <laughs> it's uh 
Arthur Isaacs, uh, or Oscar, Arthur Isaacs, sorry. Uh, Oscar Isaacs, uh, interesting choice to do a, what I'm going to say is a pretty good English accent. It's better than mine. Yeah, it be. It's Cer- better than mine. Certainly mine as well with the old Ebony Blade. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just you doing a Kit Harrington accent. Well, yes, of course. You know, I mean, it's a pitch perfect Kit Harrington, but in a, I mean, as every a general, time I hear, yeah, <laughs> every time I hear it, I go, oh, Kit, what are you doing on the call? <laughs> well, I mean. You know, he's eventually the old Ebony Blade and the Black Knight. Hey, Kit, how you doing? Oh, it's me, Kit Harrington. <laughs> Just stopping by the Papa's Saga Studios. I'm a, such a big fan, you know. I'm one of the 30 people who listen every week. Oh, well, we me, really appreciate Game it. of Thrones, Kit Harrington, and from the Eternals as well. That was Blade talking to me at the end of the Eternals. <laughs> I'm not sure. Did anyone get that? Uh, Besides I, John, of course. Well, yeah, I found it out after uh, Forrest told me. Because <laughs> um, I was like, really? That's how they do it, huh? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know all three of these, those people are going to team up. You know, you know Moon Knight is going to hang out with the Black Knight and uh, off-screen Blade. Hopefully we'll be on screen by that point. Is it going to be like Charlie's from Charlie's Angels? <laughs> just, just go up to a radio. Hello, Moon Knights. <laughs> oh, hey, what a love day with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got the Excalibur, the Emily Blade. Is it Excalibur? i got to go. I don't even know the history of my sword. Um, but, uh... Yeah, he's from what what I read, this was Oscar Isaac's idea. It's <laughs> playing uh Steven as English. I mean, sure, you know, just for full transparency, Moon Knight in the comics is uh not really based in like England, based mm. in New York. But no, this <laughs> You know, like, I mean, he travels there from time to time, but, you know, I thought this was an interesting take on Stephen Grant. Um, It's a way to separate him, I think, more markedly from the other personalities. Partly, but also I think it's a way to separate him from uh, Batman or Bruce Wayne. Because in the comics, Stephen Grant was like the billionaire that funded moon knight's operation you know that that was that personality there this one is just like i I was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm gonna join this ride and see what oscar isaac does then i heard the voice is like okay let's see if it sticks but i felt a little comfortable a little bit later with it when the uh one of the other personalities showed up yeah i think once uh i think it is initially kind of like, whoa, because you are not used to Oscar Isaac speaking like that. Uh, but I think it, he pulls it off pretty well. I read an article that was like by a, a guy from England who was like an Englishman's review of Oscar Isaac's accent. And uh, he was, and I, I went into it expecting Os, uh, Oscar Isaac to be uh, roasted. 
but uh, in fact, it was the opposite. He was quite complimentary of, of maybe not necessarily the totality of his vocalizations, but his mannerisms and the way and what he says uh, felt really authentic to this guy. So I thought that was a, that was a pretty interesting take. Hey, no, that's good. Uh, like I said, sounded better than mine, so <laughs> mine ever would. So I was like, okay, if if that dude thought it was a good take on it, I'm 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 for it. Uh, yeah, seriously. But this is an interesting scene that we where we're introduced to Stephen because it's kind of cut like a he's waking up from a nightmare, but then we get introduced to all his his like uh, his ritual that he has to go through in the morning, and of course, mm-hmm. there's kind of a there's a crescent shape of sand around his bed, and uh, which is uh, hinting at the Moon Knight iconography. And of course, he is like he has strapped himself to the bed, and he has all these different things like uh, tape on his door and stuff, all different ways to to show the audience that this is somebody who maybe has a problem with sleepwalking or uh, you know doing activities after they fall asleep mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or thinks they're a werewolf or yes yes but well you know much true to the origin of moon knight perhaps he's a werewolf by night yeah maybe which is of course the for the uninitiated that is the comic that moon knight was introduced in werewolf by night number 32 Released in August of 1975. You used to be able to get that. Uh, side tangent. You used to be able to get that for so cheap. Oh, really? You yeah. Think now like, it's going to go through the roof. Oh, no. It is through the roof. It is like. I think I saw uh, one going for about 6K. I couldn't tell you what its grading was. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. But like you used to be able to go there and get that for like. You could get it for maybe like 100 bucks. 150 bucks way back in the day. Wow. Hindsight being what it is. Mercy me. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I've, I've always been surprised I'd never just pick that up or like the first appearance of Blade. Like, you know, I've mentioned it before, but when I was growing up, I used to read, you know, like Iron Man, but the other comic was Moon Knight. So this whole show, it, you know, like. I don't know, like my level of expectations and what I want to see versus what I got. I'm, I'm still trying to uh, ratify my feelings about it. So I'm hoping that our conversation about it will kind of cement it to me. Yeah. Um, I think what we get in this first episode is definitely the, it's emblematic of the trend of larger, of Marvel shows at large, which is they probably work best binged binge watched uh because like i feel like we get just a just a snippet of story in this one it is just like the barest morsel it does a good job of setting thing up but it's uh but it it is kind of like it's heavy on the broad themes light on the details which is exciting based on the how it's structured but um so the next scene we get is we get we get to see Stephen Grant at work, and does he work at a prestigious post inside this National History Museum? No, he does not. He does not even. He is getting bossed around by the tour guides. He is 
way low on the old totem pole as the uh, gift shop salesman. But he does get a chance right off the bat, bat right at the top, to uh, show us kind of uh, his knowledge, his deep knowledge, deeper than many of the people who work at this museum, seemingly, his deep knowledge of uh, ancient Egypt. Yeah, no, I thought that was uh, I thought that was a nice touch when he's uh, talking like the school kid, even though it seems like he done that he does that too much um, when he's getting chastised by his boss at the. Uh, I don't mm. know. That was just like the manager Duh. of yeah, but was she like the manager of the gift shop, the the supervisor of the museum? Like I couldn't tell what she was, but. Maybe she has like a, a a title that kind of extends her authority from tours to gift shops to everybody who works sort of the front of the house. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. She is she is as mean as mean could be. Uh, yeah, yeah, she does not have time for Steven's shit because you know not only uh, I thought it, like it was funny the sort of you know I think we've all been in a situation where you're dealing with somebody who has like a little bit of power and they have gone completely mad (laughs) with it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this is very much that kind of personality because uh, she is very adamant that he is not a tour guide and he never will you're never gonna be a tour guide as if being a tour guide not to to malign tour guides there's nothing wrong with being a tour guides and the uh, people good ones are very memorable uh you know uh they're extremely memorable. So not to say that's a bad thing or anything, but she is definitely wielding it as if it was a doctorate or something. I mean, maybe in the hierarchy of a museum, that is like where you want to go. Sure. Yeah. You know, you're not confined to one area. You're not restocking, you know, the raw lighters or, you know, postcards or any of that stuff. You know, you're where the people are. You get to kind of tell them. Yeah. Yeah. This is a sarcophagus. Yeah, right. Isn't it cool? Once there was a mummy inside. I would be a great tour guide. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Just I let me you in your club. Be. Let me into your club, you guys. I think you just have to apply, dude. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think it's like... I, I'm sure you probably don't even need to go to like school for it. See that's you, that, that's the problem is that my my origin story or much like Steven here my I need sort of uh I need sort of a, more of a plucky relatable origin story. Uh like I need to be doing this podcast at night and then at daytime I work in the nearby uh Museum of Pop Culture which is a a, a real thing here in uh in the the PNW. Uh okay. And I like- so I need to be that. That's I need to be that guy. I need to be like, oh, I'm, I'm English <laughs> for some reason. I like it. I think you. I think I'm I selling mean, I'm, gummy TVs, but I know everything about uh, Lucy Hubal. Well, I mean, I kind of like it to be honest. And right. we are recording this at night. Like, that's I mean, true. I don't want to tell you, you know. I don't want to be like, hey, give up on what you're doing now. But, but I mean, it's mm. a pretty good story. Yeah, it sounds pretty. It sounds pretty awesome. Where it's just like, yeah, it's like not only do I work at a place during the day to talk about pop culture stuff, 
I work. I I do a pop culture podcast where I talk about it at night. It's all guerrilla radio style. Yeah, I need some also like some sort of uh, some sort of noteworthy pursuit that I have to be like constantly submitting material to. You know, like kind of mm. bumbling, bubblingly. You know, like I got a bunch of papers in my hand that are all crumpled up, and I'm just like, if you just uh, take a moment to read my short story, go Amazon. <laughs> Shouldn't you be writing? Shouldn't it be that you're writing a um, like a a, a pilot to a TV show? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, right. Like that's what it feels like. That's what you should be shuffling. You know, it's like you know, two feet at a time or something. You know, something two cool like that. <laughs> it's about a it's about a construction worker who's really slow at building a house. Two feet at a time. Uh um, sounds pretty good. I'd watch it. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll, let's, well, let's let's shelf that. Let's put that on that shelf. We'll come back to it later. We okay, don't want to give fair. everything away for free. This is that's this is fair. liquid gold somehow. That's I don't know why it's liquid, but well, you know, can't hold on to it. Uh, it'll burn your hands. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So anyway, yeah, um Steven here works at the museum, and he's treated poorly. Yeah, but he does have a uh, uh, what seems like a very exciting date lined up uh, at a steakhouse, even though Steven's actually a vegan. What's going on? And he doesn't remember even asking this this woman out. And so uh, this is kind of the first, you know, maybe not the first, definitely his ritual in the morning was we knew something was uh out of the ordinary and this certainly is no different mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and uh but then we get that scene in the storeroom where uh we just get further get kind of we're like oh wow the steven knows a ton about uh egyptian mythology hey, like- or deities and history way more than this this donna oh boy yeah, I mean, to be fair, I don't think she really would need to as the manager of the gift shop, but, or you know. Whatever. She definitely does. She oversees more than that, certainly. I mean, she's got yeah. a tour guide vest on, or the, the blazer, I should say. No, oh, maybe she just likes how comfortable they feel. No, oh, yeah, yeah, maybe. It's she's like, like oh, I would like one of those. Yeah, because it looks, you know, smashing. It does. There you go. Yeah. Smashing. But here's my question to you about that. They're downstairs, and, you know, she keeps threatening with, like, you're going to have to do inventory. Um, Who's watching this shop while they are both downstairs? Yeah, I don't know. Because she said, didn't she say that she had to cover for him when he wasn't coming in? Maybe the gift shop has, like, really weird hours. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I can't even think of the last time I've gone to like a museum's gift shop. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, maybe it's just you know like from ten to ten seventeen, it's open. Then it closes for four hours, and it opens back up at two, and it's from two to two thirty, and then it closes again for the rest of the day. I don't know, but um, I did want one of those um, stuffed uh, animals. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, cool. Oh, "Cool, it's got a little alligator and it's got like a cat face or something." I want that. That seems dope. Yeah, yeah, I love those little, 
who it looks like a kit bash together stuffed animals but those were super fun uh love them i love and like uh, i like the uh, little mummy action figures that uh donna was uh, was packing away or putting prices on or whatever uh i want all that stuff to be honest except for the what looks like some blue hippos don't care about that yeah you can keep you can keep your blue hippos keep your blue hippos they're not for me but yeah, he does get inventory duty, even though it looks like he's already doing inventory duty. I guess it's just another uh, inventory duty. But uh, this is uh, the next scene is where we see our first big cameo, which I didn't know when I saw it, but I read later that uh, <laughs> this uh, this statue, this living statue, street performer, uh, is actually Crowley, which is a pretty big character from the Moon Knight comics. And he is not a living statue in that. Yeah, he's just a dude. He's and just a guy. He's like, what would you say? Is he like kind of like Alfred? No, no, no. That, uh, no offense. Frenchie is his Alfred. Right, right. Crowley. Why did I forget that name. That great name. Crowley is like an informant on the street who who has like his ear to the street because that's kind of where he chooses to stay. Um, so now this he's is, a uh, hostage, a psychologist, a hostage to therapy. I mean, yeah, yes, <laughs> <Because> he is. <laughs> I mean, he, you know, at least he brought him a, a, a sausage roll or something. Yeah, and know? he's he's doing a like uh, he's really kind of uh, busking for him. He reminds those tourists to make sure to to donate after taking a picture with the living statue here. No, you're right. You're right. That is true. That is true. So, like, eh, maybe it's I a mean, symbiotic relationship. I'd imagine so. It, obviously, it seems like Steven here doesn't have too many friends and definitely has, like, you know, he's a little awkward around people normally. Yep. So, uh, I guess talking to a dude painted all in gold sitting on a bench um, is the thing to do before I'd go home yep. after a long day. <laughs> Except that it's so, uh, unless they've had like prior conversations about this, this is awful. And it's like, he can't, I was expecting him the whole time just to break character and be like, will you shut up? <laughs> no, he, he was... No, he was in it. He and was he, in it. He was a great. That was the you know. Regardless of this is a real working living statue actor, or this is an actor who has like mime training and is doing a living statue performance. Uh, hats off, unless that's some sort of CG to keep him looking uh, all still. I have to say, I was very impressed by this living statue performance. Yeah, especially how he had like his hand out, and yeah, it was just seriously. like, I was like, "No, nah, man, I'm like, I'm gonna be sitting with my, my arms and my on my on my legs. I'm gonna be kind of slouched, maybe <laughs> resting in the corner. If Both it looks eyes like are gonna I'm be closed. I'm the napping statue. Yeah, you know, one eye's maybe kind of taking a look at my hat on the ground. Yeah, nah, bruh. No, this guy, this guy, uh, the actor was uh, Sean Scott. 
He was committed for sure. And in in gold paint. Yeah. That seriously. can't be comfortable. No. Uh, I although I do wonder since he is a, a street performer, will he fulfill the traditional Crowley role as the uh, as the the show goes on? I mean, that's what I'm kind of hoping for. Mm-hmm. It's just not like a throw one of those those like old school superhero movies where they would be like, "Oh, yeah, that was Wolverine. Yeah, that guy at the, who was at the." <laughs> Who was at the gas station? Who was like, "Thanks for the money, bub." That was Wolverine. You're like, really? You're like, I didn't look anything like him, and he's not going to do anything else in the movie. Nah, nah. That was it. It's one of those blink and you miss it kind of, uh, (laughs) you know, kind of moments. Or uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's another good example of that from the 90s is uh, like Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the the follow-up. Oh, jeez. Where they just like, they're like, we don't have the budget for these other characters. So you're just like, oh, Striker and all these other people died. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh, my God. Bad news. Striker <laughs> is dead. Yep. <laughs> Who else? Cabal. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's Co- dead too. Any anyone else we don't have the budget for? Uh how about uh Goro? <laughs> oh, he died in the first one. Don't okay, worry wait. about that. that. That's covered. How about, how about Kitaro? Oh, he's uh, dead too. He no. broke his own neck. <laughs> yeah. Was it Kitaro in the movie? Yeah, he was. Yeah. He wanted to break his own neck. What about Rain? Oh yeah, no rain. Oh, rain stepped on attack. <laughs> Got tetanus. Oh, we never seen such a bad death. He ran into an umbrella and didn't know what to do. <laughs> it, it broke him mentally. Ah, ah, what is it doing? It keeps getting bigger. It keeps repelling my ability. <laughs> I am right. Yeah. Uh, I hope Crowley comes into play. I hope, you know, like it, it's a cool touch. He was, I'll put it like this. Crowley was in, in more of the comic books than Ethan Hawke's character ever was. Well, Ethan Hawke's character was a weird choice for the villain. I think, I think people maybe were expecting uh Bushmaster. I mean, that would be a good, like, that would be a safe, um, choice. I mean, almost anybody else, because like Moon Knight's, you know, rogues gallery tended to like overlap with others, you know, like, oh, who's he going to fight this week? Oh, Bushmaster. Who also fights Bushmaster? I don't know. Sometimes he shows up in a Punisher comic too, you know, just like whatever they need. But like Bushmaster would be the logical choice, which I think maybe this is where the, the show will go. Interesting. Because I don't, I, I don't see how uh, Arthur Harrow like is the main villain. Well, I think this. Well, this Arthur Harrow seems like definitely different than the comic Arthur Harrow. I mean, uh, yeah, for now, right? We have to kind of wait and That's see. True if any of the more comic book traits kind of pop out, but like, I'm, I'm kind of hoping for more. 
There you go. <laughs> well, I think you'll definitely be getting more because I think that's what's one of the things that is so intriguing about this first episode is that, and we really start seeing this in this next sequence. You know, after Stephen talks to Crowley, he uh, he goes back to his apartment and attempts to stay awake by doing another set of rituals like Rubik's cubes and doing puzzles and listening to this uh, sleeping sort of meditation guided meditation thing. Uh, but he does eventually fall asleep, and then when he wakes up, he's face down in a field with his jaw dislocated quite horribly. And uh, this is where it's what starts the sort of the interesting storytelling structure where we don't see any of the action, just the results of action. Yeah. I'm going to give this episode the pass for that. If this seems to be a trait, like as it goes on, I'm going to be a little bit more disappointed, to be honest. Um, oh, I think that's impossible. They can't do <laughs> like I think it works really well for the first episode. But I bet you that if not next episode, the episode after we're going to see the other side of all these the, 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 these scenes that happen. Yeah, um, I have a I have a bar, and I'm and there was blood in it, so I'll take it. But my my bar is at least like Netflix Daredevil. It has to get there, and I th- it, I, you know, I might, hope it does. It and it might. It has the it has the opportunity to I will say, but uh, yeah, this is when we're introduced to the awesome the voice, a very. Or I love the whatever they're doing to, uh, to F. Murray Abraham, the uh, venerable actor F. Murray Abraham, uh, as Konshu. Whatever they, however they're distorting his voice, I love it. It sounds ethereal and menacing and bassy, and it's it's it feels very fitting to me to the character. It. You know, it's funny. I never thought about how like Conchu sounded, and then when I heard F. Murray Abraham, I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, this, is, this fits. This seems right." Yeah, sure. Like you know, just the right amount of uh, sass, and yeah, the echo. It is an interesting choice what they're doing with this voice, but it sounds it it, it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. And we get a like once he finds that golden scarab, we get a weird like he's just saying stuff that we as the audience are just not we're not privy to the context for. He's like, send the surrender the body to Mark, which of course, if you are a Moon Knight fan, you know exactly what Mark he is referring to. Uh, but I do like when he's like, oh, the idiots in control. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Stephen Grant. I mean, yeah. Yeah, like, I feel, I, I, it's funny, it's like, I know he's going to be able to get himself out of the situation, but you really feel for Stephen Grant there. He, I mean, you have to give it up to Oscar Isaac, because he is doing the heavy lifting here. He makes Stephen Grant such a relatable and sympathetic character, even though the action goes by so fast, we barely get kind of a window into his his life and his personality, but what's there is just harnessed so expertly. Uh, mm-hmm. I was very impressed, but you know, I was actually impressed by a couple things uh, in this following sequence sequence. Like I like 
I like that, uh, you know, the confusion of Steven and the, the spooky voice, and then he's being chased by people into a town. Um, and uh, this is where we get set up with Arthur Har- Har- Harrow's whole deal. He's like a cult leader. He's got a ton of followers. And he conducts, what well, I guess, impromptu judgment ceremonies, <laughs> or maybe they're scheduled. I don't know. Maybe there's a flyer that goes out. I, I think maybe like there's a Discord or something. You know, it's like <laughs> there's a Facebook group. Judging by the average age of the participants, that's there's fair. A, there's a Facebook group. <laughs> that's fair. With the yes. schedule. Yes, sorry. I guess I was I was a mini boomer there, thinking about the communication <laughs> tools of the '30s. Something I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Made as a you know. Yeah, I'll go to the judgment in the town square. No problem. Yeah, it's so. Um, <laughs> go ahead, sorry. No, I was just gonna be like, this is so messed up. Yeah, like, <clears throat> this is like we get it. It's a really it, again. This is like a really efficient way to tell a story, and it's an interesting kind of way to inter- get introduced to what Arthur Harrow is all about. Because he basically has a magical tattoo, I guess we or an animated tattoo uh, that judges people, and I think the cane has something to do with it as well. And of course, it's all, these are all thematically appropriate for the Egyptian god who he worships, Amit. Yeah, I mean, all the trappings, right? Alligator mm-hmm. head. Alligator head, yeah. <laughs> or judging head. people. Or crocodile head, crocodile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get it together one day. Yeah, maybe. Not by the end of this episode, though. Mm. Especially not with the. Sorry. Yeah, not with all the Boddingtons I've been drinking in the back. Um, um, yeah, and then he's got that really groovy uh, tattoo that moves. Yep, and the first guy who, uh, forgive me, but does kind of look like Jared from Subway, he gets a pass. And then this very nice old woman who has just been good her entire life, no dice. Sorry, you can't come with us. I will just drain you of your life. Yeah. But like, just like in the in in the streets, not like <laughs> take her, you know, out back. You know, we'll do it later. Nope, nope, right here, right then. I'm gonna drain you of your life force for something that you have not done yet. Yeah, that was the that was the big kicker. It was like, oh no, judges you for your whole life. Yeah, even he, things you haven't done yet. The, it's the, he went all precog on her. Yeah, it was a real like minority report situation. <laughs> yeah, but was he she got red balled. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but this is when uh the guards enter the town and they're looking uh for Steven and uh, uh this next sequence is great because uh Harrow wants his um he wants his scarab back. And Steven, you know, does his best to oblige, but it seems like Kanchu is uh, exerting a little more control than usual and is able to sort of puppet him around in a very hilarious way. Or perhaps this is uh, Mark. This is Perhaps this is Mark sort of breaking through a little bit. I'm not 100% sure, but it is a funny sequence. I actually really am impressed with Oscar Isaac's uh, body control. Are <laughs> you said like, for real? Yeah, like this is some Marcel Marceau shit. Like he, <laughs> he he was trained with some tough like movement trainers and stuff to be able to like 
keep his head in one position, moving his body in the other, not breaking like character from there. Shit, I'd be like, you're gonna have to CG me, buddy. Like you're gonna have to put me on a real mime's body or some shit, because I would not be able to do that. Um, yeah, totally. Excellent. We get so many good F. Murray Abraham lines in this too, where he's just like, "Don't give him the scarab." <laughs> But, like, again, this is, I love this storytelling uh, style because every time Stephen Grant is in a ton of danger, he sort of, like, passes out. He, he His eyes roll into the back of his head, and then he wakes up and things are solved. Like, he is surrounded by thugs. He passes out, and he wakes up, and they are all dead. <laughs> Yeah, that scarab was all super bloody in his hands, and he was like, "Oh man, he 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 stabbed a few people." In the Did throat. he punch through? Did he punch through someone with the scarab? Maybe. Yeah, a, a couple people, yeah. at least a couple people. Yeah, it was. <laughs> You know, like as much as I like, I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you for this episode. I right. feel like if I keep getting this, then I'm going to be like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't do this to me no more. Like, <laughs> you can't do that. But for this one, I was like, oh, okay, Jesus. Here's what I'll say. A lot of superhero shows on t television would have taken an entire season to tell the story that they tell in this one episode. That's all I'll say. Uh, maybe not Marvel shows, but certainly, like, if I was watching Arrow or something, it would take, like, an entire season for like him to get his mask and you're like oh finally no more face paint i mean shit it took him uh three seasons to be called green arrow exactly so <laughs> things are i think things are moving along and and i agree with you if next episode is well, well when we wrap it up we'll talk about it but uh but needless just to say well, we'll leave it at the that i agree with you um but uh, I love the transition here from him running away to him driving in a, a cupcake van <laughs> with Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go playing, which uh, I who doesn't like that song? What a great thing to uh, set an action scene to. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to have a Wham! song to uh, start a car chase with, it's wake me up before I go go. It's gotta be. Yeah, it has to be. Um, yeah, I dug it. I dug this little car chase going through the, I guess, German countryside. It's a one thing I wanted to say about these this sequence and the preceding sequence is it's clear that, you know, they don't have that movie budget. The effects are you can see the the seams a little bit uh in the effects. But I think they do a pretty incredible job of using really quick camera movements and fast cuts to kind of like move past it in a way where you don't linger on how bad the effects are. Yeah, especially at the end. Um, <laughs> especially at the end. But yeah, no, I thought this. I mean, I think between this and like the drone shots that they used of the hill and uh, certain parts, I, I thought this was. Certainly serviceable. Definitely did not even have Falcon and Winter Soldier budget. <laughs> yeah, definitely. yeah. The the opening canyon chase from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This is not. Uh, but I think I thought they did great with what they had, 
and uh, again, him falling, as- him passing out, and then he was waking up and he's driving backwards, is great. And then finally, when it looks like all is lost, he he passes out one more time and then wakes up in his own bed. And if, uh, you know, all his uh, ritualistic uh, things to keep him from walking or sleepwalking or whatever, they're mm-hmm. all in place so he is immediately lulled into the false sense of security that he is uh it was all the dream or was it or was it because after he gets up he notices that his uh his fish has more fins than it had before so i guess what my guess is is that it's been like that mark was away long enough that the fish died (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he had to get another one to maintain uh, Steven's illusion. That's what I'm assuming. That, yeah. I mean, I don't, like, I guess it's been a couple days at least, three days or something. Yes. Since uh, he he went on this excursion and then made it back. So um, probably just enough time to kill a goldfish. But I would have been like, do you think uh, Steven got the goldfish because it reminded him of Finding Nemo or whatever? Yeah, maybe. Or... <laughs> Even though, I mean, I don't think there is, I don't think there is a goldfish in Finding Nemo. Oh, I don't, I don't know nothing about it. I just remember them uh, talking about it. So I was going there. Here, uh, confession time. I've never seen any of those movies. Well, that's fair. I uh, Thomas Newman does the score to Finding Nemo, and it's uh. It's magical. Love it. Um, but uh, so that's kind of his tip off. He goes to the pet shop. Uh, or I guess before he does that, he. No, he that's that's the where that scene is right between him finding Gus and then he goes to the pet shop and. Um, and uh, he is reminded of what time it is and he thinks he has his date, but unfortunately he's missed that by two days and that was on friday so he's been gone for maybe a week almost oh it was on friday and it was sunday so he's gone for what like two days maybe well no because when she came up to him to talk to him about the date was it that that wasn't that night it was the next day i guess so it maybe so it was thursday and it was sunday so what's that four days yeah so it was only four days, but still long enough to kill a goldfish, I guess. I don't know. I don't have any fishes, so I uh, I will assume that's how long it. <laughs> add us on Twitter. Add us on Twitter, fans out there. Is is four days long enough to kill a goldfish? Asking for a friend. Uh, I mean, it was enough to kill this one, and yeah. um, this is quite possibly the most heartbreaking scene I've seen in what. It's like 26 Marvel movies and like four TV series. And oh, this is yeah. quite possibly the most heartbreaking thing I've seen out of all that content. Oh, yeah. He, you could see, it's definitely like that part from The Simpsons where you see Ralph's heart breaking. <laughs> you, you, can, you can track the moment that uh, Stephen Grant's, uh, you know, realizes. And he's, you know. Uh, he realizes he has this uh, problem, his, this sleeping disorder, and so when he finds this out, he's as mad as, at himself as he is at the situation, and it's heartbreaking, you're right. 
Yeah, just having this loss of time, getting told off, mm. deciding to eat a steak. Yeah, and right. He breaks terribly. down. Terribly. <laughs> right. He doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, the, I love the the kitchen is closing, and then he just asks for the most confusing steak you've ever heard, and he, he's gonna get you know. He's already vegan, so this is not going to be welcome news to him anyway, but he, the, hey, buddy, you did bad with your steak order. Just FYI. Yeah, really bad. Well done, like, sir. Yeah, filet well done. Cardinal sin. Cardinal sin. <laughs> but, uh, again, th- this is just driven by uh, a wonderful performance. Truly. Truly uh, just carries you through this entire episode. You're just kind of spellbound by this performance. Um, and then the mystery deepens when uh, he, he uh, Stephen, I should say, is back in his apartment. And he, he finds a secret compartment in the wall. And there's an old school flip phone. Uh, and he's uh, he's got a ton of calls from somebody named Lila. Or Layla, I should say. And of one, of course, from uh, Duchamp, which is uh, another comic book reference. Yep, that's that's Frenchie's real last name. So there you go. There you go. That's the Alfred of the uh, Alfred analog, I should say, in Moon Knight. Um, And then what transpires next after a very confusing call... uh, with Layla, uh, where she refers to him as Mark, and she's like, what's this terrible accent you're doing? Um, Then we hear the voice of Khonshu again, and then we get a very effective horror sequence, I thought, uh, with with a spooky bird head mummy man. Yeah, well, like, uh, longer than normal arms, and you it's know. a real slender man. <laughs> a real, yeah, a real. I mean, I would admit if I saw that, I, I might poop myself. Yes, I would definitely be looking for my contacts, quote unquote, uh, all day long. Because I would just be, or all night long, I should say, because I would just live in that elevator. That would be my new home. <laughs> well, it's like, oh, still in there, Steven. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Love, I love the... A uh, woman who gets into the elevator, and then when she gets out of the elevator, she's just like just pounding on the door, like saying, "She's like, oh no, my friend's expecting me." <laughs> just <laughs> terrified. Could definitely see the uh, definitely see the panic in uh, Stephen's eyes. Um, so he has that fun. He has that fun uh, experience. But uh, again, he blacks out, and he wakes up on a bus. Which I don't know. That sounds pretty terrifying. And, and it's uh, what's more horrible, this guy or waking up on a bus? <laughs> and you didn't know how you got uh, there. Probably wake. Well, I mean, I don't know. I ride Muni, so yeah, waking up on a bus. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time someone keeps trying to put something in my ears on a bus, is way too damn high. So. <laughs> And you had no idea what happened. You've been on this bus for a while. Yeah. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, um, but he gets off the bus and he sees uh, Arthur Harrow's on it. Yeah, he's been on it the whole time. 
I guess just waiting for him to go to the museum? I don't know. It seems like he could have just woken him up and talked to him on the bus. That would have been a bold move. It, well, and probably, the, judging by how it goes later, probably everyone on the bus would have pulled up their sleeves and would have had that scales tattoo. Aw, oh, damn it! <laughs> That's fair. Like, I mean, <laughs> to be honest, like, I don't know if this portion of the show was confusing on purpose or um, just not thought of about because he's you know he's at the museum when arthur harrow shows up there starts pursuing him a little bit and then steven runs away and then what uh harrow just gives up he yeah steven is allowed to finish his work (laughs) i like the uh exchange that steven has with the security guard when he goes into the museum where he's just like don't let anyone in he's like it's a museum (laughs) (laughs) Like, <laughs> can't not let anyone in. I thought that was a funny part. But yeah, he just says, uh, Steven just gets to finish out the rest of his day. Uh, Arthur's like, oh, uh, next time, I'll get you. <laughs> I'll just wait in the rafters of the museum and unleash a weird bone dog later. I thought that was like uh, a jackal. It is a jackal, but I thought it would be funny to call it a bone dog. Well, I mean, I didn't... Uh, to be fair, it was in such dark lighting that you could barely see what it was. Um, CG anyway. monster number six. It's from yeah. the CG machine, of course. Uh, but he 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 does get a hold of Steven during this uh, museum confrontation, and he says uh, that he's got uh, chaos in him. And he explains a little bit of his his creed. You know, he's saying, "Hey, uh, I worship Abet." Am- and Amit uh, was cast out by her fellow gods. And, uh, yeah, so uh, he, uh, or, or sorry, her, she uh, is a little steamed. She's a little uh, upset. I guess so. And um, she's enacting her revenge by having him walk on glass. And one by one judge people very slowly. Maybe it's just like a like a sandwich place punch card. Yeah, he needs. <laughs> yeah, like he just needs to get like drain like ten souls, and Amit shows up. But a lot of people are like, mm, "I just saw what you did there. No dice." Yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> this doesn't here. seem worth it. Uh. But as you pointed out before, yeah, one of the monsters from Shazam uh, shows up <laughs> and chases uh, after, uh, and chases after, of course, Steve Grant, who's still Steve at this time, and he runs into a bathroom, and this is where we get a very cool scene of uh, finally we get to see Mark Specter, and he's confronting Steve, and he's in the mirror of the the bathroom mirror, and there's a fun they play with sort of the infinite repetition of Steven's uh, a reflection. And then one stands still, and that's, of course, Mark Spector. And he says, give me that body. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Give me that juicy body. I want it. 
We want it all. <laughs> we want it all. And then, like, seemingly, like, like the we're watching uh, the entirety of Gotham. Uh, they save the costume moment for the very last like, few seconds of the of the show, and we get to so, see Moon Knight in all his his uh, bandaged Egyptian inspired glory, uh, really beating the sweet bejesus out of this uh, out of this jackal. That's true. Like even I guess through like a sink at it. <laughs> yep, he really I don't know. I mean he definitely it was like uh Tom Cruise versus Henry Cavill at a Mission Impossible in there. It was like uh that bathroom is ruined. <laughs> yeah, I just picture being there the next day, just walking into that going Oh Oh no. Oh, I'm not this today. What a spot of bother this is. Oh what what an indignity for the black knight to have to be cleaning up the bathroom. Um but uh, you, that would be perfect. Yeah, be come perfect. on, Marvel, let's cross these streams. But I thought you pointed out earlier, like he does transform into Moon Knight in, uh, Moon Knight in the bathroom where the toilet paper is. So it is, funny. <laughs> it is funny that a bunch of you know, which it, it, it obviously doesn't look like toilet paper. But if you were just to glance at the TV, you'd be like, "Is that man being <laughs> wrapped in toilet? <laughs> is he toilet paper, man?" Is that the Charmin bear? Is that what happens when he gets to his body gets taken over by Mark Spector? He he summons all the toilet paper. I mean, it's coming out his back. Yeah, well, I, I I actually really like the I like the look of Moon Knight. I like his gold. I like how they have these golden decorations that are under the wraps, and then they kind of make the wraps more sparse in certain areas to to show it. I thought that's a really cool pop of color. And I do like how they just CG'd his eyes a la Deadpool. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about this outfit. Because one, I don't didn't really get that great of a look at it. Um and two, um came out his back. And, you know, that's just something like I'm like I'm not used to. Yeah, with, with we the... should be clear. In the comics, he doesn't really have a supernatural power. He is... He, he did for a time, but then it kind of went away. Yeah, for... Well, he has, like, prophetic visions. That's, like, his only real power. In, otherwise, he's kind of like Batman. But... Yeah. Uh, but he did, as you pointed out, he used to have like his strength used and agility used to scale depending on the the cycles of the moon. Yeah, if it was a waning gibbous, he was fucked. Yep. If it was a full moon, he's punching through brick. You know, <laughs> yep. he's like, "I'll see you in two weeks." <laughs> you wait right there. I'll be back. I promise. <laughs> two weeks, yep. a fortnight, and I'll be here. And I'm full. I know fortnight's you longer than two days. Be but you're gonna get trounced, but not now, because my back hurts. I'm at the weakest, so <laughs> later. Exactly. So I don't know, like, this version of Moon Knight obviously has, it's a little more tied uh, closely to the uh, 
to the sort of uh, Egyptian mythology where it draws some of the inspiration from in the, or, or direct inspiration from for the comics. And I hear that's the, the director and the writer of this first episode. He was very adamant about displaying Egyptian cult, uh, culture in a way that is uh, is respectful and the heritage in a way that is respectful and the way that he, at least in the opinion of the director, who uh, is named Mohammed uh, Daib, Daib, I don't know how to pronounce his last name correctly, probably. If I have pronounced it incorrectly, you have my apologies, but... Uh, sorry, he directed the first episode. It was written by Jeremy Slater. Credit where credit is due. But uh, I read some articles with him, and he said that this was sort of representation was important to him. And so I, I, I can't mean, speak I, to that, but I hope it's true. It, yeah, me neither. I mean, this definitely was a little invocative of his costume change in the mid-80s so you know he used to have this real sleek just white number a little bit moon crescent little things that he'd throw at you a la like batman but then at one point he went all in on the egyptian yeah he had he had some onk business going on (laughs) yeah he had onks he had uh, gold bracers he had a gold belt like he he went in hard like uh, I swear he had onk chucks, which were like <laughs> onk nunchucks, and yeah, he would throw like uh, like uh, beetle blades at you. It, it was it was pretty impressive. I think he even just beat somebody with like it was probably too much. Yeah. Like he found the line, and then he just like clear jumped it by a good twenty feet. <laughs> Oh, that's old moon. I think we'll be seeing that if the trailer's any indication. We'll be seeing that that clear jumping as well. (sighs) Oh, hopefully. (laughs) I'd like to see him do more than something that turned into a TP monster in the last 30 seconds of the And then just walk into the camera. (laughs) Walk right into it. I mean, if anything, great use of the fact that the trailer that I watched only contained parts from this episode. That's that's a good point. Yeah, we have like truly no idea what to expect in the uh, the upcoming series, and I am here for it. John, I have a couple questions for you to round out this uh, episode. I feel like these are questions that we should go back to whenever we're uh, whenever we're evaluating something that has is based on something that we know pretty well. So, first up, I'm going to ask you. Mm-hmm. Do you think, well, I think we know the answer to this question, but I think to, to honor the series of questions, well, I'll just ask it anyway. Um, do you feel like this is a direct adaptation of the comics? No. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> what, uh, you've got, I think we've kind of delved into it fairly extensively so far. Um, so we don't need to necessarily restate it, but if you had to summarize what, in what ways do you feel like it deviates from the comics so far? Well, obviously the you know the uh, personalities are different. Mark Spector seems to be close enough to his comic counterpoint, but mm-hmm. uh, Stephen Grant's a complete departure. The city's a com- you know the where it takes place is a complete departure. Um, the costume to a degree. This feels more 
like they took a like a, a bunch of points of time within Moon Knight's like comics and tried to blend it together. Um, so in that regards, that's why it doesn't feel like it's just one storyline. It feels like it's inspired by the one where, you know, like he was, you know, there, there was a point where he was in a mental facility and he, you know, breaks out because he kept thinking he was this person. And it kind of feels like that where like Conchu is invading and everything that's going around him doesn't necessarily make sense. And the things he's seeing aren't necessarily what other people are seeing. Mm-hmm. It feels like they're borrowing a lot from that uh, storyline. And, that, you know. That's a really interesting take. Now, that actually dovetails nicely into my next question. Do you feel like this honors the spirit of Moon Knight? So far. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I, I just on cursory glance, yes, there are the things that make Moon Knight, Moon Knight are fairly present so far. And um, so I would say, yes, the spirit of it, not necessarily the diehard comic bookness of it. Yeah. Interesting. So taking all that into consideration... John, what did you think of this first episode? Eh. So you're you're on the fence. So I I feel Bopva with it, you know, book of Boba Fett <laughs> oh. of this a little bit, where um there this this episode truly feels like like the Seinfeld of Marvel like episodes where it's really about nothing so far. Like Mm -hmm. it's setting things, but nothing really happens. Like, I mean, things happen, but nothing that made me go, Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Or, you know, Oh, I can see where this is going. Um, I was just like, this is fine. I enjoyed, uh, like, Oscar Isaac's performance, I think it's honestly like one of the best things I've seen out of a lot of the shows in terms of like how well he carried it and like made me feel for these different, you know, personalities and these characters and that line. So I really enjoyed that. So that's really kind of what I'm looking forward to in terms of seeing how that grows. But yeah, I said earlier, I grew up reading Iron Man comics, but like I said, right next to it was Moon Knight comics. So I'm like waiting to see the Moon Knight that I grew up with. And I know that's not going to be the case. So I am preparing myself to be just like fairly disappointed. <laughs> well, I think that's a good way to I think that's a good way to calibrate your expectations, especially considering the experience we've had with some other shows that we will not name a la Voldemort. Uh yeah. but uh I definitely see that point of view. I really enjoyed this episode, uh mostly due to like you said, the acting. I mean Oscar Isaac and uh Ethan Hawk just were awesome in every scene that they were in and they had great chemistry together. Um, and it definitely, you can see the caliber of actor 
when they get like these really high profile names, how it kind of elevates those scenes like you're talking about. It kind of turns a uh, episode that is more about world building than about telling like a, a really uh, action packed or engaging story. I mean, it's engaging. Don't get me wrong, but it is definitely setting something up. This episode feels like it is, it is setting the table for what's to come, or at least that's, that's what I hope. But yeah, I really, I really like the way that they, they structured the story. I love Oscar Isaac in this role and I am encouraged by what I'm seeing so far and how they're portraying uh, DID, which is what uh, disassociative uh, identity disorder, which is the what uh, we used to be called multiple personality disorder, but that is no longer the correct medical term. Um, but uh, I hear that this series will be respectful in the way that it portrays that. And I think having a, Having a superhero with a serious mental illness is awesome, and I cannot believe, if you would ask me in a million years if I thought a Moon Knight show was ever going to happen, I would have I would have bet an obscene amount of money against that happening, to be honest. Oh, no, you're speaking the truth right there. Holy shit, I never in a million years would have thought I'd see a Moon Knight. Seriously, yeah. before anything else. Moon Knight. Okay. I love the choice. I mean, yeah, I love the character. He's badass. I love the way he looks. You know, he is Marvel's Batman for the most part, and I'm for it. And just to have it is, it, to be fair, just to have it is special in this regard. So, like I said, I, I'm prepared to be disappointed with it. So if it's anything better than that, Hey, I'm good. Um, <laughs> I love it. That's you know, like, like go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say like the one thing I really hope that they, um, God, I lost my train of thought. The Hold the on. thing that you really hope that they they do not. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> it was there, but it, it's gone. <laughs> no. Uh, well, uh, I don't know what I hope they don't do. Uh, I guess I hope that Crowley is in it more, in a more substantial role. Uh, be very interesting to see, uh, Frenchie Duchamp, how they integrate that into the role as well. There's a couple of other personalities as well we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, identities that we haven't seen yet. I don't know how that will factor in. Um, but uh, uh, I, I remembered what it was. Okay, go ahead. I really hope they don't use the fact that Stephen Grant slash Mark Spector is a, a what's the term unreliable narrator. Oh, I see. Interesting. And I hope that doesn't like fall into by the time you watch the final episode you don't really know if any of it ever really happened or not is it all a dream well yeah i could see how that would be a interesting way if the story is very well written i could see how that they if they played with that in a in a way that could be very compelling but to your point 
it could easily not <laughs> go the other direction if it is just like poorly written and constructed and by the time you get there you're just like what the hell is happening i mean at that point don't do the show like if you're gonna leave it on to me it's just if you're gonna leave it on such a fence you know either commit or just don't do it at all but if it's one of those things like you don't know if it's real or not you know like i don't want him 15 years later coming like yeah yeah it, it really happened <laughs> you know like sopranoing everybody yeah like, sure it has to. <laughs> like what you're saying like the yeah. there's like a scene at the end where you know steven grants is all old and he's just like i was the moon knight sure you were grandpa He's always saying that about the Moon Knight, but at the end, at the very end, his eyes glow white. You're like, was it was real or what? Exactly. That's what we don't want. So take I it. Don't want that. <laughs> don't want that. I uh, I'm excited to, to see more. I hope we get two things. One thing I'm almost certainly won't get, but I hope we do. And the other thing, uh, I would be surprised if they didn't put it there. But uh, the thing I don't think we'll get is the moon copter. <laughs> nope. God, I want to see so that. Dope. I want to see that uh, crescent uh, weird vehicle that he rides around in. I want to see it. And I want uh, a rope ladder to come out of the bottom. Uh, and uh, I, hope, uh, I hope we see Mr. Moon, which is another one of uh, Moon Knight's uh, guises. You mean Mr. Knight? You're right. Mr. Moon's a dumb name. <laughs> I mean, maybe there is a Mr. Moon as well, but I was like, I think you mean he Mr. Does, Knight. He does children's parties. It's me, yeah. Mr. Moon. Oh, I'm made of cheese. <laughs> it's a marvelous night for a Mr. Moon. <laughs> oh, it's Jack the Knight. It's Jack tonight. Oh, God. Remember that? fucking terrifying thing from the mcdonald's commercials yeah hell yeah moon playing a piano it's back tonight i'm gonna kill you fuck that guy fuck him and max headroom too Mm. (laughs) you heard it here first folks i remember that fucker was was on a on a soda machine i remember being on a coke machine he's like do you 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 want a coca-cola and you're like whoa i just want the soda (laughs) chill out man don't traumatize me okay the the future's digital meth is out of this world Well, terrific. Well, there you have it, folks. We got one on the fence and one enthusiastic uh, endorsement of the show. So take that for what you will when you're deciding. Actually, if you've listened to this entire thing, whoops. (laughs) You you don't really need to see the show because we explained every single moment that's in the show. So hopefully you didn't listen to this if you haven't seen it. And uh, if you have seen it, you're like, how do I, oh, I need to know how to feel about that. Well, I hope now you know how to feel about it, depending on which one of us you like more. (laughs) Probably you. Uh, (laughs) Uh, uh, Evidence says no. Um, But uh, yeah, so my my expectations are raised to an unreasonable and almost uh, certainly unattainable level. And uh, I think you are right there where it needs to be, which is just... Don't make me sad. <laughs> I think that's what I need to get. That's where I need to get to. 
Yeah, especially when you're like at a, yeah, when you have a, a lot of love for the character, you you know, like you just could be like, please just don't make me sad. Yep. You're you were right. That's all. I do. If I'm not sad by the end of this, cool. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Moon wow. mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just saluted my microphone. Okay. <laughs> well, fantastic. Well, that's going to do it for us for another week of wonderful brand new episode of Pop Saga. And now we're into everybody's favorite part of the show, the acknowledgments. First up, as always, thank you, Burton M6, for the incredible theme song. Hit the link to his fiber pages in our show notes. Check it out. You could get something like this done for you, too. Uh, and he is fantastic to work with. So so give him a... a paid, uh, I wouldn't say patronize him. It's the right word. But uh, it sounds bad. So uh, check him out. Um, and as always, you can get involved with the conversation in one way or the other. The best way is by with discord and so you can join our discord if you are not a jerk uh if you are a jerk go ahead it depends on what kind of jerk you are i guess but if you're a mean jerk don't bother um and uh, that's gonna go ahead be in the uh pico link in our show notes as well as is all of our social media join the fun on instagram on twitter at the pop saga and of course you can reach out to us the old-fashioned way through email. Thepopsaga at gmail.com is the address. And if you want to send in some suggestions, that's fine. But I say download that Discord and then you can get you can get a direct line to us. Um, that's true. That's, yeah, no joke. And, of course, there is our merch store. And there's lots of fun stuff to get that you can show your... Uh, support for Pop Saga to all your friends and have them ask, what the F is that? Um, and <laughs> as always, as we like to say at the end of our uh, programs, we hope that wherever you are, however you choose to listen to us, that you are feeling happy and that you are feeling healthy. And of course, we'll see you next week. Remember, folks, don't let the waning gibbous be your downfall. Stay home. <laughs> Seriously. Pop Saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip-hop. From the roots, Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no liver. Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh, yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop Saga.